When starting out as a creator, the burning question you'll come up against is, what content should I be making? Photo, video, maybe both, or neither. With social media dictating the direction of content, how can you choose what's the best option for you, a potential client, or your audience? Let's break it down today and dive into episode three of the Couch to Creator podcast. Yeah, so the photo versus video debate. It's ancient. It's, it's one as old as time. Dates back to what? 2000 AD, BC? 2010. 2010 or so. <laughs> yeah, um, still, it's an important topic that I think we should, we should talk about. And I think it's an important topic, especially for people who are starting out as creators, so that they have some sort of idea of the direction they're taking. And also, like, business owners or people who just want to start getting into creating content for whatever reason yeah yeah so generally speaking it's an important topic yes what content should you be creating and the as apart from the photo and video debate you can also throw a lot of other content into the mix it's not just about that debate but we're going to discuss that first yeah so in order to give you our listeners a little bit of background Um, We're just going to quickly summarise our journey through the kind of swings and roundabouts of the photo versus video debate. So our journey as creators started out with me getting into photography as a hobby, which I think we've all been there at some point, haven't we? Yeah, when we were out shooting our latest short film the other day, um, our lead actor actually said to us um, that everyone has been into photography at some point in their lives yeah and i think you know he's he's not wrong we've we've all kind of gone through that phase or or whatever you might call it where you know you're out taking some artistic photos with your friends or you know little trinkets objects especially now um with phones having incredible cameras as they do even your average tom dick or harry has had some sort of exposure to photography. Yeah, they want to take nice photos when they go on their lad's tour of, you know, Crackleful, Benidorm. So that's how it started out. It was just an innocent hobby, you know, absolutely no sight of a business or anything like that. I was taking photos of anything I could find. And over the years that progressed into, you know, a friend asking for some portraits, a photo shoot. And then, you know, a few years later, I shot my first wedding as a favor for um you know for some friends of the family and the kind of ball got rolling and it became a part-time income and then around 2017 yeah i got started with video it was actually a bit before that um fun fact we had a youtube channel before our current youtube channel um that was documenting our travels that we made on a gopro 5 yeah and a canon g16 yeah i think there was a bit of old iphone 4 or, or 5 footage in there as well back in yeah the day. and we've even got a video on youtube that's like that shows our when you proposed to me yes we do yeah yeah um so Mems, again memory. got started as a hobby and then it turned into into something more we always say that we get on the bandwagon at the very beginning of the mainstream it taking off yeah. like just right maybe right before but not enough time to like capitalize on it yeah but with video i do think we're quite early into the game and we did notice 
that brands would brand events you know business owners were seeing the power of of video the problem was they weren't quite prepared to to pay for it yet you know in relation to how much more difficult it was to produce good quality video content especially back then and what was expected i do think that's an argument as well for when you're getting started the photo versus video debate is when you're a complete beginner a client might not be willing to pay for video but they would potentially be willing to gamble on you for f photography because the, yeah. the stake is lower right we wanted to give our listeners a bit of an example as to you know how it used to work for for us when we started out offering photo and video so we may have uh, we may have been offering a small business like a promotional photo set um, for a hundred pounds so that's like back then was about 150 US. Nowadays, it's probably about 100 US, US dollars. Um, but video side, to kind of reflect the additional workload in editing, the additional workload in filming, that would have been more like 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. Now, at the beginning, the business owners were still not willing to pay that much. So, so this was kind of quite a big um, barrier where we weren't able to sell that much video. But it did quickly change, didn't it? Yeah, very quickly. And also, it is important to relate this to the times because at that point, people didn't understand as much the importance of video. So we were trying to sell them a video that they didn't really want to begin with. Now everyone wants video. Yeah. Video is a much higher entry level, let's say. Not yeah. only is it a bigger cost for a client, but also more time for you and more equipment. Just... Yeah, yeah. On a whole, photography has a much lower barrier to entry. Yeah, and this is a great point for my segue here that I've prepared. You know, I like to throw in the curveballs. So a lot of this debate is going to be dictated by social media because, I mean, being a creator today, you know, in 90% of cases relates to being present on social media and creating content for social media. TikTok changed the game, didn't it? You know, before, video definitely had that higher barrier for entry. Now, and we found this ourselves as well, clients are asking, can you just film this on your phone? Yeah. And all of a sudden, TikTok and TikTok-style content, so Reels on Instagram, mm. are, you know, are, it's necessary for, for them to succeed, to give them that more amateur look. Um, and so have the roles, has there been an uno reverso and the roles have actually reversed and it's now video that has the lower barrier for entry. Yeah, that's true because on Instagram, I would say people expect a much higher quality photograph yeah. than they do video. Yeah, I think to get, let's just say to get a banger shot on Instagram that's going to get a little bit of traction, oh, it, it takes some skill. It takes some skill or being in the right place, right time. It's not that easy. Yeah. Whereas with video, it's all about that user generated content and also um, realistic because as I'm sure most people will be able to feel when they're on social media, as soon as they see a nice high quality video, you assume you're being advertised to and yeah. people are sick of that. So. Even on TikTok, you'll be scrolling, you'll be scrolling and you'll come across a video, you start watching and only 
six seconds into it will you realise that it's an advert? Because it's filmed on a phone. Because it's filmed it's... on a phone, it's filmed in a TikTok style, it's filmed with someone just speaking to a to the camera as though it's just another creator. It's Yeah. Yeah. It's changing. So have a think this is another sort of thing, you know, to to get our listeners involved. Have a think about what your reactions are to a polished photograph, a professional photograph and a professional video on social media and how that reaction changes when you see a more amateur or, you know, user recorded photo uh, video versus a, a sort of phone snap. Because yeah. for me, a user taken photo that just hasn't got autistic value is a complete throwaway. Yeah. I won't even stop. I won't even I won't scroll. Yeah. I whereas, mean, I'd scroll past it. Yeah. Whereas a video could catch my attention because... yeah i mean that kind of probably started with like vine yeah you're much more willing to watch a normal person a non-artistic person because it has different types of value in video like funny or whatever okay so we're going to conclude our sort of photo versus video debate so far both are both have a time and a place there's a lot of there's a lot of transferable skills when it comes to camera work, when it comes to cinematography, composition, lighting. Photography may feel more accessible um, in learning. Yeah, but that balance is now changing because of TikTok, because of Reels, so um, they are converging somewhat. But, the, but to give you a specific piece of advice at the time of recording this video, you should be making more video or you should be focusing on video because brands want video, social media platforms want video and the current creator climate, let's call it, is very video centric. Yeah, and it's also about how long you can get a person engaged for and a photo you can engage someone for much less time than you can a video. So the quality of photography demands being higher but my specific piece of advice would be if you really want to get started with photography just dabble a little bit in video as well yeah and the other way around all right well should we take a little break and then we'll move on to i think what is potentially our favorite ever saying um the jack of all trades and how there's a there's a second part of that saying that not many people know want to start with our favourite ever saying and in my opinion a saying that has really helped us to become successful creators and that's the jack of all trades, master of none. Most people think that that's where the quote ends and it wasn't until that long ago that we realised the quote had an ending. A second part which essentially changes the whole meaning of it. It's the jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So as you can see, that second part actually completely changes the weighting of it. Yeah. And basically it's saying that Jack is a bit of a legend, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, he's all right. We have definitely capitalised on this because from the very beginning um, of starting out Trio, like officially as a business, we started offering both photo and video 
and also branding elements because we had this experience in business because we have we had our own business before trio we had some skills that we could offer in terms of branding small business growth marketing yeah we had a collective set of skills that went far broader than just photo and video so my photography actually originally stemmed more from like a graphic design point of view because when I was younger, I was into web design. So creating banners and kind of colors and, you know, things like that. So actually you could say that you first got started with web design. That's right. And for me, my first thing wasn't video. It was actually more writing and typography. We were really well-rounded. Yeah, and content is a huge area that can't just be seen as photo and video. Um, It's actually a huge disservice to creators as a whole because we and creators do so much more than just photo and video. If you want to hear about good versus bad content, you can check out our previous podcast, which is discussing um, that element, as I'm sure you're aware, a lot of bad content out there. That's episode two. Episode two. Um, But also it's a broader argument than just social media. Yes, yeah. So cinema, billboards, graphics, websites, it's... If you want to be a creator, a creative, it doesn't just have to be from the photo and video approach. Yeah, and it can't, even though I know it feels like it today, the creative sphere and the opportunities are not solely based on social media and the demand that that drives. So why should you be learning different types of content? Sal's done a bit of research. And there's apparently a hundred types of content. Yeah. I can only name about 15 or 20, but... I probably could only name that many as well. But you know, you've got like blog posts, emails, social media content, guides, ebooks, video, webinars, case studies, white papers. If you're creating for YouTube, at some point you're going to hit a wall where you want to create a thumbnail, which is a still image. That's photography. Actually, 90% of thumbnails are not strictly photographs. They have text, they have some sort of montage. That's a graphic. Mm -hmm. When you're recording a YouTube video, one of the most important aspects is audio. And there, in just that, you've got four different types of media. You throw in the fact that you've got to write a title for that video, whether that's on YouTube, Facebook or Instagram. You've got to write the script, you've got to write a description, and all of a sudden, you've got seven or eight different types of content. Yeah, so the first argument for why should you be learning different types of content is is it's just absolutely necessary. You cannot get away when making any type of content from all the others that come into play. Yeah, correct. It's, it's just 100% necessary. It's part and parcel of being a creator is the different types. Yeah. Um, second thing I wanted to bring up is that it helps with scaling. It helps with getting bigger. Um, it becomes much easier and faster when you have a variety of content to offer. Because as we were discussing in our last podcast, there's such a huge demand for content. Like the demand for content outweighs the creators that make it. So people constantly want new stuff. And yeah being able to do content in multiple forms 
makes it much more man manageable. So, for example, Becky and Chris, uh, YouTubers, some of our favourite YouTubers, they make videos about photography, videography, and like interior design kind of thing. But they have a very good pod uh, blog post that goes along with that. And podcast, which and podcast, which I'm about to say, they do everything. But the blog posts basically outline the video, and then in the blog post it links to the video as well. And the blog posts also feature photography, and obviously text because they're written. So, and also they're on a website, so there's web design and graphics and layout. Mm -hmm. So, if you write a blog post, you've then got a text-based post to share on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so, as you can see, it's a it, basically the moment you start getting broader in terms of your media the more cogs you can get turning together yeah and the more momentum you can pick up as a creator and kind of it goes along with this but my third point is that you need different types of content to benefit your varied audience yeah your audience isn't going to be the perfect set of people that all just absolutely love video and that's where they want to see you they don't care about where else you are there are people out there who will not respond that well to a video or a long-form video but they will respond to a square of text like black black background white text and it's a quote and they'll be like oh yeah this hit the spot and you know this was yeah. inspiring some people just straight up don't want to use instagram or tiktok or, or facebook and they maybe just watch youtube videos and if you, you're only making TikToks, you're missing out on a huge potential audience. Who might like what you make, yeah. but they just need it in a slightly different form. Mm -hmm. Final point to this topic is just more of a, a meaningful one. And that is if you just try a bunch of stuff, you never know what you'll find. Yeah, you might be a photographer, but actually video is your calling and, you know, if you shoot a couple of videos, you'll be like, this is my favourite thing in the world. Or, you know, something less obvious like writing or, or designing infographics. I mean, I mean, we've started with YouTube and making videos and then we felt, shall we try a podcast? Because we're very chatty, discussing people. And we found that this format is really natural to us. We and hope you agree. Yeah, we, we hope that comes across, but like we enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so there is always an argument for trying new stuff because you never know when you'll find your next favourite thing. Yeah. And just to round off the jack of all trades discussion uh, and, and to give you, again, specific worked examples, we've worked with a number of small to medium businesses and we've worked with them for a number of years. We have a few long-term partners, such as Nuco, Home Fans, and these companies always require a kind of more global approach. So there is aspects of photography, video, there is aspects of creative consultancy. For me, like in, in my opinion, our success with these with businesses comes from the fact that we are rounded creatives yeah. and I think that there's always going to be an argument for you know a videographer who's got years of experience he is only doing videography and there are times when that will be the right person for the job but those times are far fewer and far between just requiring someone 
with a rounded creative yeah it also arguably takes much longer to become the absolute master of one than it does being able to do a wide variation of things yeah and 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 nowadays as well with the, the way consumption is going you know with the idea that the consumption of content is going you know you're only getting people's attention for a few seconds at a time so there is an argument for for saying that you know quantity over quality and although that sounds a bit well at first yeah a bit depressing you know we're going to be able to pump out more content and more types of content than somebody who is just focusing on one one media yeah especially when you're starting out i think as you grow and you become bigger you can focus down you can niche down and become like the master of one specific thing but i think when you're starting out it's absolutely crucial to be able to create a wide number of things so when you're starting out and you want to appeal to potential clients and companies be a well-rounded creative that's our advice yes and now i want to go into how to decide what content you should be creating rather than just like oh, you should be making all the content, what should you focus on? Um, and the first thing I would do is is research. I would research the niche that you're in, see what your competitors are doing, use Google um, apps and websites like Buzzsumo to see like trends, study it and find out what people are doing and not doing, what has high engagement, what doesn't. Um, that is for, for your own research to go off, but then also you might find a magic gap in the yeah. niche, which could be crucial. Which you could fill. Yeah. Um, what content in the niche gets the most shares? Engagement is a really crucial part of content creation. Um, Engagement is like the new currency. Isn't it? Yeah. That maybe is where the future is going. Yeah, yeah, well. People using social media platforms could like be paid for their engagement yeah that's the whole idea of web3 but we won't get into that now okay. we'll talk about that in, the, in another episode um so for example a celebrity might not get as much engagement on a thousand word blog post no, they as they would just a simple selfie video of them by their pool or something a little update life update or live whatever. update yeah, yeah. Um, but an educational niche might need more information for credibility. Yeah. So a long form video or article. Um, but if that if the topic is, for example, suited to an infographic, that might be a more fun way to portray, and they might do even better that way. Yeah. So I think basically... I just... No, wait the there. I've got a very important point. This is part of my research. Um, so do you know what the content is with the highest engagement? I've got one, two, three, four, five, six answers. Okay. So what content has the highest engagement online? What do you think they are? Video. Yes, but it went last just to... Just to let you know, it well, can last on the list. T- tell us, tell us, because I think there's going to be some spanners in the works here. Okay, highest engagement infographics. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, 
It does me a little bit. I love an infographic. I do love an infographic, but I'm just thinking, like, would I engage with that material? Would I like? Would I comment? Would I? I'd probably share it. Mm. Yeah, true. Okay, next obvious memes. Memes, yeah, everyone shares memes. Everyone shares memes. And you'd be surprised how universal a meme format is. Like, a, a big company, a serious business, could portray a lot in a meme format. Oh, you've got to think of, like, the recent resignation of uh, Liz Truss. Did you see the amount of memes that came out from businesses? Yeah. Like, Thomas Cook did a... Liverpool Airport, you know, Liz, Liz Truss can use sure. their fast track lane or whatever. Yeah, uh, Thomas Cook did one about short stays. Yeah, Airbnb as well, Downing Street number 10, yeah. you know, book your, book your short stay, yeah. There were so many amazing memes and actually that's become a really huge thing in recent times that I really appreciate is these big brands getting on the banter train. Love that. What's next, Chief? Um, case studies. Okay, yeah. That surprised me but then when i actually thought about it it covers a much broader area of of content than you think mm -hmm. and people learning how other people's experiences went is one of the things that people love yeah online yeah. tv books whatever case studies guides how many times have you found a buzzfeed article that yeah, says yeah. something like things you should see in tutorial start a style london kind of, or whatever yeah. and opinion posts they're the content with the highest engagement but i yeah. actually i googled very specifically what content has the best engagement mm -hmm. and this is what it said text-based content allows you to engage most directly and simply with your audience and with the audio visual bombardment on social media a simple text post can stand out and create impact so what's actually happen happening here is we're coming full circle. It used to be three years ago that if you made a status on Facebook, it would reach like 20 people. Yeah, because it was not exciting enough. And then it was like, well, you need a photo. If you have a status, you want a photo with it to add a bit of excitement. And then that did okay. Then photos, mm, boring. Video, yeah. we need a video and then that's it. But then you've got to think your whole feed turns into the same thing. So then you need to stand out again. Mm -hmm. So you bring it back down to basics. It, it's really interesting to see where it will go next because it could come full circle in that maybe like Tumblr style stuff will be popular again. Mm. People don't want videos of people's lives. People want like nice little journals, blog yeah. posts again, or maybe something brand new. It's hard to imagine something that hasn't yet been invented. And I think that the, the future is going to be some sort of variation mm -hmm. of what we've already kind of seen. And obviously TikTok was this sort of latest innovation. And yeah, let's see what happens next. Just a little stat that I found. I mean, this is kind of specific for business, for, more, for a more business perspective as well. The photo versus video debate as seen by Facebook ads. So, you know, paid promotion at the moment, Video is only offering about 30% more reach than photos. Just about one year ago, I would have said that that figure was closer to 300%. You know, like video, there was a time when video dominated enormously. 
Uh, now it it's, still does. It still does, and 30% is still an enormous figure, especially when you're putting a big budget behind it, and, you know, the difference is spending, you know, thousands of pounds. But I think we're starting to reach the end of that video dominance era in the way that we know it. I mean, this is obviously ads, so we're talking usually professional videos. So yeah. we're now going towards that user-generated content video. Basically, this could be the beginning of the bandwagon that we were talking about, where there is an opportunity for you to create different types of content, not just video. Because yeah. you need to create video. Don't get me wrong, but... Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, the potential to blow up with video now is much smaller because everyone's doing it. So how else can you... Stand out. Stand out. I think... It's kind of it's kind of a nice way to think about this whole what content should you be creating concept because the success of a piece of content is not the be all and end all. Um, so this is your takeaway. Yeah, with creating is not about the ends. The success of of a post is fleeting, and and actually the results will reset every time you post something new. Yeah, you can feel it with with the YouTube video. We had good success with our drone video. We post a new video, it doesn't do as well, and the feelings of of joy and success that we got from those green arrows on YouTube, yeah. it's been reset. It's not a lasting thing. No. But the content that you create is lasting. Yeah, and if you you've just got to be proud of what you're creating you've got to be happy with what you're creating you've got to enjoy the the process and the journey yeah. you're creating because as, as you'll see throughout our podcast and as we create more this will keep coming back to this in order to be a creator in order to be a successful creator our criteria is to be happy like yeah. to be happy creating you've got to love what you're doing else it's just too hard yeah you work too long hours, too hard, it's too exhausting if you don't absolutely love it. So to summarise the photo versus video debate, to get results at the minute it's video, but if you don't love it, make something else and find what you do love creating. Yeah, Fair there's enough. enough people out there with different preferences that you can find what's best for you and your niche and your audience so yeah on that wholesome note thank you so much for joining us on the pod maybe on the video if you if you're watching the vid yeah there's always a vid uh tagging along on on spotify or wherever you may be listening yeah. um it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure we'll see you l or hear you in episode four